Amen. For those who are joining in online or those who are here in person, I just want to welcome you again. We're glad you guys are here. We've been walking through a sermon series looking at uh, some promises that God has given us. Promises, we're calling them lifetime guarantees. We want to start our service off just a little bit different uh, today, start our, our message time off a little bit different. I want to do two things. One, uh, we're about to pray. We're about to have just a moment of, of prayer. And then second, I want to show you a, a video. Today, what we're going to be looking at is the promise of peace. But I kind of felt weird diving right into this peace without addressing the reality that I think a lot of us are here today battling with trying to have peace in the midst of some craziness. Anybody out there with me? I mean, it, 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 it seems like even talking about peace, like 2020, um, it's kind of the weirdest thing to even talk about peace because it's been everything but that. Uh, as we were just singing that, that last song, we sang, you know, God is at work. Yeah, even when we don't see it, he's, he's working. And as I, I looked around, and I know everyone's supposed to like look at the worship leader, but I cheated, okay, okay. Uh, pastor privilege here, and I was sitting inside, and I just kind of got to glance the room, and I saw some of you hands raised singing who this year, you've experienced loss in your family, and, and you're still dealing with trying to live life with loss. Some of you singing and, and praising God who you're trying to figure out job stuff because COVID has impacted job stuff. Some of you are missing worshiping with some of, of your people that you normally worship with. Some of you are watching online right now because you still are not able to come back nationally. We know that only 36% of those who were actively engaged in church before COVID outbreak are coming back to in-person worship. 36% nationwide. You know, there's a lot of people dealing with peace. And, and that's just on the COVID side. I think because we're back, we could think like COVID affects us going away. It's not. Some of you are, you've lost people uh, through COVID. You, you've dealt with COVID personally. And, and here's the truth. We will, our, we will be teaching our children and most likely their children about the crazy year of 2020. It'll, this is something, I don't know that we've experienced something like this since 9-11. When 9-11 happened in Warner Robins, uh, for those of you who are watching online that might not know where Warner Robins is, we're in middle Georgia and, and we have a, a large Air Force base here and a lot of our people are on the base. And when 9-11 happened, I've never seen anything or experienced anything like that in my life. Base shut down, roads were deadlocked, people couldn't get to school, get their kids, people couldn't get on or off the base. Machine guns start popping up, but you know what else? American flags were everywhere and we're like, man, there was a unity because we had the same enemy. Whoever just did this, we about to go get some people, right? That was kind of the mindset, everybody. My mom's like, you can't go to school for a week because if the recruiter shows up, you're gonna sign some papers. Like, you know, like, you will be in the military. A lot of my friends are in the military today because they signed up at 9-11. Recruiter came and it was like highest ever, like, let's go. And I don't know that we've experienced anything since 9-11 like we have in 2020. That's just covid now here we are a few days before a presidential election that has been maybe the most, take COVID out, one of the most divisive times that many of us experienced in a, in a long time. And so talking about peace, I think there's a lot of us who are in this room, if we're honest, there's an absence of peace. We're struggling. There's a struggle. And often when we're struggling with peace, who do we hurt? 
the people who are closest to us, people who are around us. So here's what I wanna do this morning. I wanna pray. I wanna pray for you, I wanna pray for our nation. We wanna pray that no matter what happens in this coming week, we know the one who sits on the throne, amen? We know the one who is in control, who is big, who is greater than all things, and he's working even when we don't feel it. Let me just be honest this morning. I have to make myself not allow my emotions to get a vote. That's, that's why the Bible tells us that we have to have self-control. I mean, if we didn't have self-control, then we could just let our emotions rule. But we have to make a choice to say, you know what? I'm not gonna let my emotions to get a vote today. I'm not gonna go eat my feelings at Krispy Kreme. I'm not gonna go get angry on Facebook and get in an argument with everybody under the sun because it's a collective spewing of ignorance. I'm not gonna do all these things. I'm gonna trust in the Lord. I'm gonna lean on his understanding, not on mine, on his. And we're gonna, we're gonna pray and we're gonna ask God to move. So I wanna ask if you'll do that, not just for our country, but, but for many of us in this room and, and online, we need the peace of God. We pray with me? Lord, this morning, we come to you because in honesty, we, we battle this idea of, of peace. And so as we get ready to get into the text here in just a moment, Lord, we need your word and, and Lord, we need your help. Lord, many of us in this room are not at peace. We're battling COVID and the effects of it. We're battling uh, life difficulties. We're battling um, our, what's happening in the life of our nation and, and hate and violence. And uh, Lord, we're battling having different opinions and people that we're close with. And how do we deal with that? Lord, we're battling as a church, how do we live on mission for you in uncertain times? Uh, and, and how in the midst of all of this do we accomplish your mission? And so God, this morning, we just pray that you would give us a peace that really, it can't be explained. It can only come from you. A peace that, Lord, is found in trusting you and your word. A peace that is found in your power and in your presence. Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you in the church. We need you in our lives. Lord, we need you in our nation and we need you in the nations. We know that the answer is not gonna be found in politics or laws, the answer it is, is found in you alone. So Jesus, this morning, we just fall at your, at your feet asking for your help. Jesus, would you be with us? Lord, this week and in the days to come, to love our enemy, to love our neighbor, to love our boss, to love our coworkers, to love those who talk different than us, who uh, look different than us, that sound different than us, that believe different than us. Would your love overflow from the church in such a way that people would have to find out what the source of that is, and it would be in you. Lord, we need you. We need you this morning. We need you in our church. Lord, I need you in my life. Uh, help us to find a peace that is only found in you. So this week, Lord, give us eyes to see and a heart to love and to care for our neighbor, Lord, in a way that only you can do it. Lord, our trust, it is in you and you alone. It's in your name we pray, amen. Hey, we're about to watch a video, and this video is kind of in line of, of what we're talking about. How in the midst of all of this can we have a peace to serve, a, a peace to, to keep doing what God has called us to do? Uh, check out this video. Good morning, Shirley Hills. We are the Booker family. I'm Joe. This is my wife, Robin, and Maggie, our daughter. We live and serve with the Mazama Ministries in Jinja, Uganda, East Africa. We have been staying for the last two and a half months in your mission house next door. And we would like you to know that Webele Kutwa Narisa Mumar Kago e Webele Nyon Nyon Nyon. 
That is a Lugandan phrase for thank you for welcoming us into your home and thank you so very, very, very much. So for the past four years, we have served in Jinya, Uganda at the Amazama School that is operated by Amazama Ministries. And our first three years in Jinja, we were family mentors to a group of 24 Ugandan young ladies. Um, this past year, we have changed jobs a little bit. Joe is working in operations, and I am working in helping train new family mentors, uh, all with the goal of discipling students through education. And, and our mission is to bring our students in, some of the most vulnerable kids in all of Africa. We give them the opportunity to get a great education, but we do that while sharing Christ with them at the same time. So discipleship through education is our goal, and we're just incredibly blessed to get to do that every single day on a beautiful campus with some kids that are really pretty amazing. So we've been incredibly blessed by Shirley Hills just to be able to stay in the house next door. Um, it gave us a great place to rest and recover from a really tough year like the whole world has had. Um, and we were able to reunite with our daughter Maggie who uh, had been living in Virginia for the past year and she is going back to Uganda with us and so it's such a blessing that we were able to have the house and just to rest and recoup and uh, rejuvenate, renew our spirits. And um, But in addition to being able to stay at the house, we have also been attending church here at Shirley Hills while we've been here and that has been an even greater blessing um, to be in a spirit-filled church where the gospel is preached unapologetically every single Sunday um, with a lot of energy and a lot of encouragement to grow and and do what God called us to do to know Christ and make him known that has really really boosted our spirits and our morale and, and given us a great uh, amount of energy to go back to Jinja and do what God's called us to do there so so grateful for Shirley Hills and what you guys are up to and we'll be praying for you as we go back when we first got back to the States in mid-August and we started attending Shirley Hills, you guys were in the middle of your Anchor series and then moved into DNA and now I think you guys are on lifetime guarantees and we've been here for all of that. We would just really encourage you even as we're returning to Jinja and we're all in with our ministry there and what God's called us to, you guys be all in with what God has called you to here at Shirley Hills and in Warner Robins and Houston County in the middle Georgia community. Um, there are so many people that need to be reached for Christ, and you guys have so much momentum right now. Just go for it, and, and don't look back. Remember, Shirley Hills, you are sent. So oftentimes, people will ask us how they can support us, and the most important thing you can do is really just be praying for us as uh, we go back. Uh, Africa is pretty much a spiritual warfare condition every single day, just like here in America, and we covet your prayers the strength to do the things that we need to do but also I think we have a card that might be showed this morning on the screen uh, there's some information on that where you can go to our uh, Facebook page and email if you want to support us financially that would be amazing we'd love that if you just want to give us your email so that we can send you our newsletter we'd love to keep in touch with you we feel like Shirley Hills is like a ministry partner with us now and, and that's amazing anytime we can get somebody to come on board with us so if you want to be a part of it, more than just that, um, just let us know, and we'll be glad to hook you up with information. Webele, nyo, nyo, nyo. That means thank you very, very, very much, Shirley Hills.
I have no clue how to speak Ugandan, but here's what I can tell you. Uh, is we met with them this week, and, and they're back in Uganda. So all of our friends who are in Uganda watching online right now, we love you guys. We're praying for you. You know, what, what type of peace can give somebody in the midst of a COVID crazy year to say, let's go back. Let's go do the thing God has called us to do. Uh, by the way, you know, God is working even when you don't know it. Many of you, you had no clue that over the last several months, we had missionaries right here amongst us and worshiping with us and sitting under the word with us. And your generosity, your love, your desire, a mission team that got a house ready, it blessed them and it made an impact in their life so much so that they were, they're ready. Like, let's get back. So much so their daughter who's been living here for years said, I'm ready to go back too. Like, let's go get Uganda for Jesus. To kids and, and some families that are some of the poorest in the world, yet they're seizing that opportunity. What can give that type of peace? And what can bring about a peace in, in the midst of that? And, and then how does that translate to where we are? I mean, what can give you and I a peace to say, God, I'm all in. Like, let's, let's follow Jesus and let's do what God has for us. Um, you know, I, I think more than anything, as we prepare and we get into our text today and think about it, we think about the, the political ads and all that we've seen. I think all of us are just excited about a little hope that after this week, we'll get no more political ads. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, there'll be a little peace, right? But the joke's on you. They paid for that for the whole month to get it in here the last couple of days. So even after it's over, like the rest of November, you know, could you imagine being the person like that loses and then you see your ad on TV for a month? That'd be terrible. Anyway, uh, just kind of not chasing that rabbit trail. Here's the deal. I think a lot of us, we have gotten to a place where our idea is, Lord, if, if I could just have a moment of peace, I just need a, no more political ads. That's, like that alone would make me feel better. Or God, please, like, would my children just be quiet for a moment? Like that, I mean, anybody? I saw a few moms like, yes, God. Like that would be a moment of peace. When I, growing up, my family had Sunday afternoon naps and I thought, this is the craziest thing ever. And now I'm like, in the name of Jesus, Sunday afternoon naps. Like, let's get, like, can we institute that as a law? Like, we just give me a moment of peace. I just need peace. If my boss would just stop giving me any more task today, like that would work. Maybe you're here and you're, you're a teacher and you're like, God, I need a moment of peace from my children today. By the way, the Lord heard your prayers. Like this year, Halloween was on the weekend. Uh, any teachers had Halloween during the school year? Yeah, awful. You're like, I just, can I, can I have peace? Our idea or thought on peace is, it's the absence of conflict or the absence of noise or the absence of, of trials or, or difficulties. If you could just cease that for a moment, that would produce peace. Second Thessalonians 3.16 says, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. This is how he's, he's ending this teaching. This is a prayer for the church of Thessalonica. Hey, I'm praying over you that the Lord, uh, the Lord of peace himself personally would give you peace. So how do we have peace? Uh, for some of you, the idea is that if this election turns out how I want to, Lord, that'll give me peace. Let me just stop here. No, even if your person wins, the flip side of it, there's still brokenness. There's still problems. There's still division. There's still hatred. There's still Facebook. Like there's, there's issues, okay? And so as we think through this, like what produces peace? I wanna give you 
Three things today that I believe as we center in on the word, this promise of peace that comes from God, three ways that we can begin to experience peace that's found in him. The first one is to understand that peace is found in Jesus. Peace is found in Jesus. It's not found in this arbitrary ending of problems in our life or changing our circumstances or getting our way. I hear this all the time. Hey, pastor, if, if, I, could just, if, if I could just do this, or if you just do this thing that I like, like, man, there'd be peace. Nope, there's not, because the peace is a heart problem. If you do not have peace in your life, it's a result of something normally that's going on in our heart. So what is that? Here's what he says in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. He says, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He was prophesying that there would be a day in the midst of brokenness and a lack of peace and anger and frustration and hatred and all of these things that are present in the world. One day, a son will be born and he will be the prince of peace. That means this, in this source, there will be found peace. So the promise of peace, it is wrapped up in the person of Jesus. You see, for us to find peace, we first have to make peace with God. In Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve, they sinned and they disobeyed God. And immediately following that, he says, Adam, you're gonna be cursed. All right, your cursing is, you're gonna have to work to, to provide for your family and that work is gonna be more difficult. I'm gonna curse the ground. It's gonna be harder for you to lead and to provide for your family. Eve, for you, your childbearing is gonna be more painful and, and more difficult and you're still married to Adam. You know, like, like there's his difficulty and it's gonna impact the family and, and sin's there. And then he says, and then the ground will be cursed in a way that it will be impacted. He then takes Adam and Eve, Satan, he was cursed and, and then he gives a prophecy, a promise that one day from her seed, someone will be born that will crush the head of the serpent. Then he places Adam and Eve outside of the garden. It was a picture that, that they're no longer in the, the peace of God. They're no longer in his, his presence. That thing that, that was good and right is broken. And then we begin to see a world that tries to live in light of those cursings. And he says now that Jesus is stepped into that and in him there is, there is peace. The word peace in the Bible comes from the word shalom. And you and I think of peace as, as this idea that there's maybe no issues or, or problems in our life and that produces like a goodness, but their idea of peace was more full than that. For them, the word peace, it means harmony or wholeness. And the idea is that in God, that thing that is broken is made whole, it's made right. And so peace only comes from a, a, a wholeness of our heart. Our heart has holes in them. You heard the guy in the video earlier, he said, there's a hole in my heart at the loss of my grandmother. There's a hole in my heart at the loss of my family. But that hole was not filled up until I found Jesus Christ. You see, sin broke harmony between God and man. Shalom was lost. There was no longer harmony. There was no longer wholeness. And so God says, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you law. And I'm gonna show you in these laws that you can't meet them and then you need me. And in one of these laws, he gave them something known as the Sabbath. It was a day of rest. And the idea of Sabbath was that one day a week, their family would not cook, clean, work, would not do any labor. They would worship and they would then play games together as a family and, and they kind of have like family worship time. And now that sounds amazing. How many of you are like, yep, let's go. 
We need a Sabbath today. No cooking, no cleaning. They had to prepare for it ahead of time, and it was a day of rest. And that day of rest was meant to be a picture of what it was going to be like once this person of peace stepped in. When this person of peace steps in, this day of rest that you have, this day away from all the work and all the craziness to worship, Man, there's going to be a day. Hebrews says that when Jesus stepped in, he, he then fulfilled the Sabbath. And we've now entered into a rest that is found in Jesus Christ. He now becomes our rest. He becomes our refuge. He becomes our rock. You see, we are made right with God. When we're made right with him, it then impacts every part of our life. We're made whole and there's harmony and a peace is produced, not from a lack of, of, our, of having problems in our circumstances, not from having like just the perfect people in your life or everything being made easy or, or better. We're not water. It's not about God put me on the path of least resistance. It's even in the, in the midst of all of those things in the storms, when we're right with God, it impacts how we view everything around us and it brings a, a harmony, a peace with him. Colossians chapter one says it like this in verse 20. And through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The peace that we're ultimately looking for, it is only found in Jesus Christ. So some of you are looking for sources of peace in your life. You're trying to fix your spouse. You're trying to fix your kids. You're trying to fix your boss. And you're working really hard to make the circumstances how you want them to be. But that is the idea that you can produce peace in your own life. But peace is ultimately only found in Christ. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we are made at peace with God through the work of Jesus, then that wholeness and, and this promise that is found in Christ begins to change how we live in this world. I like how Romans 6 talks about it because I think it puts into, into context the battle that we all face against sin that we don't always even know that we're fighting. He says in Romans 6 verse 20, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. When you didn't really, when you weren't living in Christ, you're like, man, I'll party it up. I'll live it up. You were not as concerned about what was right. Eat, drink, be merry, do what I want. Yet, though you were free from God to, to live how you want to, here's what happens. It didn't produce the desired result. When you were living that way and doing all those things, and maybe some of you either online or in person, that's still your life. You're living how you want to, doing what you want to do, and you're free from this burden of faith in Jesus. Yet, you're still not happy. You're still not at peace because you know that deep down in your heart, things are not right between you and God, and all the things that you're doing are not producing joy. It's actually producing, well, Romans says it produces death. Listen how he says it. He says the outcome of all of these things, it is death. But now, since you have been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your fruit which results in sanctification and the outcome is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, you look on at the church and like, oh yeah, well y'all don't get to do this or this. No, no, you don't understand. Most of us have lived in that life and it wasn't good. It didn't produce what we wanted. And then we found Christ and we became enslaved to him. Why? Because he has given us life and he's given us eternal life and that has produced 
a peace that you can't find in all of those other things. So today, if we want to find peace, the source of that, it is Jesus. It's not fixing everything else. It will only be found in him. That moves us to the second thing I think we're gonna find about peace. The peace is promised in Christ, but we have to receive it from him. We have to receive it from him. Galatians 5.22 says that the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That means that when we're saved and the spirit of God comes in our life, one of the things that he says you will, you will get one of the things that are gonna happen supernaturally in your life is he's gonna make a wholeness that produces a peace in your mind and, and in your heart. Psalm 29, 11 says it like this, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. So where does peace come from? It is, it is given to us from God. It, it is a gift that is found in him. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, and, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I love this. You know why? Because what Romans 14 is saying, they had these religious rules, these things that they, they ate and drank certain festivals and certain parties. And he says, no, the kingdom of God is not doing these religious acts. No, 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 the kingdom of God, he says, oh, it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So you want peace? It's not, some of you today, you thought coming to church would give you peace. And then you leave church like, well, I don't like it today. Why not? Well, I don't have peace. Church was not intended to be the source of your peace. I'm not intended to be the source of your peace. Your spouse is not the source of your peace. The source of our peace, it is found in Jesus. And for us, for those who are in Christ, the kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit producing these things, not us producing ourselves. We have to receive it from him, not make it ourselves. I love John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give you, I do not give this to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Some of you today, the reality is you're living in a, a place of fear, of worry, of doubt, of struggle. And to be honest with you, I don't really blame anybody. I've been there a lot in 2020. It's been the one of the craziest years of my life, definitely the craziest year of my adult life. And, and many of you in us, we're still dealing with the effects of that and, and how do we do it? And here's what he says, it is, it's my peace that I leave with you. And I'm giving this to you. And I'm giving it to you not as the world gives it. No, 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 I, I'm giving this for me. It's not like the world, this is unique, it's for me. So do not let your hearts be troubled or fearful. And some of you, you've come in this place today and, and you've lost sleep, fear and worry and doubt and anxiety is built up in your life. And you don't know what to do. You know, some of you maybe are in this place and you're like, look, I don't, I don't really struggle from like an anxiety thing. I don't really have an anxiety struggle. Let me tell you what you do have. You do have a lion problem, like right now. I don't care, man, woman, men, sometimes we're like, oh, anxiety and worry. Like that's, that's something ladies struggle with. Men, you are lying to yourself and everyone else if you think you don't struggle with anxiety or fear or worry. What happens when your wife starts worrying? You're worried now that she's worrying. Or maybe you're like, hey, look, I'm single. I'm, I'm not in a marriage relationship or I'm not dating. How, what about me? Well, then what, what do you worry about? Am I gonna find that right person? Am I gonna have that? Or, or, or what about what happens here? And what about this? And, and we struggle and we have these, we, we, 
Maybe some of you are here, you're that person that you make up the worst possible situation that could happen in your head and you expect that to happen. Then if it don't, you're like, oh, sweet, it's better than what I thought it was gonna be. Y'all are laughing because you know you do that. And then, but now you're living life with the worst expected outcomes in your head and in your heart. Like, do you think that's how God wants us to like live and to enjoy him with constantly every day? You know, I loved having a trampoline growing up. I loved it. I loved jumping on a trampoline. I hate having a trampoline as a parent. Because every time I see Luke jump, I just see him like breaking his neck right there every time. I can't even almost watch it. I mean, he's like, hey, dad, watch this. And I'm like, front flip, lands on his stomach, oh, does a one and a half. I'm like, son, do you realize like just a quarter of an inch there, you're like paralyzed, you're like, I mean like, and I'm going through the worst case scenario and then it hits me. I just sounded like my mom, like just right then, like I heard my mom speak through me and I realized what my mom was doing is what I'm doing. The worst possible scenario in my head becomes real life. And, and for many of us, this is exactly how we see the world. You look at America and the worst possible scenario comes in your head. You look at politics and the worst possible scenario comes in your head. You look at your family and it's, it's the worst case scenario, yet Jesus has peace I leave with you. My peace I give. Do you think Jesus had peace? He came to die. He came to die for you and I. And he says, I'm giving you not just any peace, but I'm giving you my peace. Man, I don't know if any of you feel like this, but I'm a terrible receiver of gifts. Anybody out there like this? You, I, I, I'm awful at receiving gifts. Man, by the way, we've received so many gifts from our, our church, Pastor Appreciation Month. We love you guys. We're so thankful. I, I was in a meeting this week. Somebody came by and dropped off some chocolate chip cookies. Them things were amazing. And it was like, it worked out perfectly because I didn't have to step out and like to receive it. It was just like, it was there. Because like when I receive those things, one, I don't know, like, am I supposed to open it up and like try the cookie in front of the person? And then what if they accidentally put salt in there instead of sugar? And like, thank you. You know, it's like, oh, so bad. Like, and I can't hide a thing on my face. It's just, God did not make me like to be able to fake my face. I'm not, I, I'll never play poker out there because if I have a good hand, I'm like, <laughs> Woo! and everybody's like folding. I'm like, what? Uh, and so I, I'm just not that, I'm just not good at, at receiving gifts. I start getting anxious like right now for Christmas because I know that, and, and it's good, it's nothing wrong with the person giving the gift or the actual gift itself. It's like something like broken in me. And, and, and I start thinking like, like maybe you've gotten a gift before that was really good and you're like, oh no, I can't take that. Like this is like too good of a gift. Like man, this is unbelievable. Like I don't even, what do I even do with this gift? Or maybe you've gotten a gift that was like too much. Somebody you can tell, you know, you showed up to like a gift giving thing and you're like, all right, everybody, like $20 max. Like, and then there's always that one person that was like, oh, I found a $200 item for $20. And we're like, you are lying. You broke the $20 max. You're trying to make us all look bad with your gift-giving skills. Now, I just gave you a mug that said best dad and you just gave an iPad. Like, what the heck? Like, and, like it's, just, it's too much. Like, take it back. Like, I can't even take this. It's, it's too much. Men, let me just throw this out there just as a preparatory warning. If your wife's like, we're not gonna give gifts this year. We're gonna make each other homemade things. She is lying. 
It is a lie. She's praying right now, let my spouse give me the one that is too much. Like, I want the too much one. But like, you're like, oh, it's just too much. I can't do that. Or, 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 or maybe for you, it was like, listen, no, like, why would you even do that? You're just, somebody gives you a gift and you're just completely not expecting. You're like, man, no, I, man, what in the world? You, maybe you struggle with me. You don't have the fake face ability. And, and we need more people in the world like that. Like, let's keep the real face. But you, you can't fake it. And so you start getting anxiety about receiving gifts. God tells us that his promise of peace, it is, it is a gift that he imparts on, on his children. It's something that he, he wants to, to give to us, but we have to be willing to receive that. We have to be willing to accept the gift that he wants to impart on us. It's something that the Spirit of God helps produce in us to receive that gift. You say, well, well why wouldn't anybody want to receive the gift of peace from God? Well, I think a lot of times we feel like we don't deserve his peace. And so as a result, like somebody who wants to give a gift, like I don't deserve to get this gift from you. So why are you giving this to me? Maybe you'd say, I don't deserve it because of my experiences. Man, I look back and you'd say, God, I can't be whole because these holes that are in my heart, in my soul and in my mind, I just can't forget what I have done in my past. I can't forget this. And so God, I can't receive your peace because I don't deserve your peace. But you need to understand the peace of God, it is a gift based on the love of the gift giver, not on the goodness of the receiver. You know, I, I'm not gonna give a, a gift to my child based on how good they've been all year long. In, the, in, in Team Green household, we do not have a chart for 365 days of the year, and if they have more good days than bad days, they get Christmas presents. No, no, no I can't wait. I like, I'm that dad, like I cannot wait for Christmas morning. I love it. I cannot wait. Like I love seeing their face and the excitement that's there. Some parents, you're in mourning right now because you're like, they need to hurry up and give me some grandkids because like I want to see that again. Like I miss it. You, you love to give gifts. Do you love to give gifts because of how good your children are or because how much you love them? And in the same way, God loves you and I so much that he doesn't wanna impart peace on you because you're perfect, but because he is. He desires wholeness and, and goodness between us and, and him. So you have to take your eyes off of your past and put it onto the giver of the gift of peace and receive that, God, thank you for this. You have made me glad. You have made me whole. You have, as a good, good father who wants to lavishly pour out gifts on, on his children because he loves us, you have also given peace to us and we just wanna say thank you. Maybe some of you would say, listen, it's not only because of, of my past, but it's also because of my present. I can't receive gifts because I know that I'm unholy now. I, I know that I'm, I say things, I think things, I do things and, and, and it breaks peace. It's like, God, you made me whole and then like you know, one minute after the service, I done broke it. I mean, every time you get in traffic, every time, whatever your thing is, uh, every Georgia game, you only score 14 points. What the world's happened? Broken peace. All right, like I'm the whole game. And so you're struggling. And so you're like, God, I want to be robed in your peace, but my present circumstances, it's not possible to have peace in them. Matter of fact, God, honestly, to have peace in the midst of what's going on now, I don't know that that's even real. But God says, no, I wanna give you a peace that it passes understanding. In the midst of a crazy 2020, in the midst of COVID, some of you in the midst of loss and death, he says there's a time to mourn and there's a time to rejoice. 
So at some point in our morning, we even step into the peace of God to know that because of Jesus, even in death, we don't mourn with those uh, without hope. We mourn as those who have hope. Because of Christ, many of the people that we have loved, we will see again. And it produces a peace that is only found in God. And so for us, it's not based off our holiness. It's based off his holiness. It is based off his goodness. Some of you would say, you know what the reality is? I I can't receive peace because I just don't believe it. I don't believe that God desires for me to have peace. But what I want you to know is that God loves you and he wants there to be wholeness. He wants things to be right between you and him that in the midst of the most crazy circumstances, we can display a peace that can only come from a loving God who came and died in our place to give us that peace. So we have to then receive that peace. But let me give you this last part that I think is important as we, we end our time talking about this promise of peace as God. We, we also, though, have to look to Jesus for that peace. You see, as we're following him, he does not promise that our circumstances will be peaceful. He promises wholeness and goodness and to be with us in the midst of of difficult circumstances often. And so as you're praying this minute, you're like, yes, I want peace. You're still thinking circumstantial. And God's like, you've got it. I will stand with you in the fire. I will stand with you in the persecution. I will stand, I will be your strength. I will be your rock. I will be present in your loneliness, in your sadness, in your hurt, in your betrayal. When people do evil against you, I will be with you. I will help you in that. And so we have to then look to Jesus in the midst of those things. So peace is not the removal of difficulties. Isaiah 26, verse three and four says, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace. For it is trusting in you. Trust in the Lord forever. Because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. Who does he endow peace to? The person who fixes their mind on him. Then he says, I will produce peace in you. So now in the midst of your circumstances, you're looking for Jesus. All right, Lord, where are you? I know you're faithful and I know you're good and you've promised that you will be my peace, you will be my rock and that you'll be with me in the midst of it. So Jesus, I'm looking to you, you be my peace. If you choose not to change a single circumstance, Lord, I'm still looking to you. John 16, 33 says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. So be courageous because I conquered the world. Look, if you want, if you want things that you've never had, you have to be willing to do things you've never done. And to do things you've never done requires courage and faith in the Lord. And when you follow him, he will call you to do things that you have never done that are scary and terrifying. They're hard. And you're like, Lord, what do I do? And he says, don't worry, I've conquered the world. Trust in me, I will be your peace. You see, peace is is replacing anxiety with active faith, with active faith. Remember, anybody in here says you don't struggle or battle anxiety and fear, you're lying. We all struggle with it in a bunch of different categories. It might not be, maybe you're in here like, I don't struggle with America. I don't struggle with who's gonna be president. Like I know God is on the throne. Good. Well, let's talk about your finances. Okay, that's all another story. We ain't talking about that. <laughs> don't bring up money in here. That's my weak spot. All of us have a weak spot. I mean, there's, whether, no matter what's going on, maybe for you, it's your health. 
You see, we think faith over fear is like, do I wear a mask or do I not wear a mask? No, no, faith over fear is saying, God, anxiety is stepping up in my mind and my heart, but in this moment, I will trust in you and you alone. Lord, you alone are good. Philippians 4, 5, and 6, and 7 says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Let me just stop there. Are you known by your graciousness? Like if somebody kind of comes around you, church, are we known for our graciousness to those who disagree with us, to those who don't believe what we believe, say what we say, who live differently than we think God's word, but, but we show grace because we have been shown grace. It says the Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. Ugh. It's verses like that that sometimes I'm like, God, for real, do, do not worry about anything, but rather, he says, in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what will happen? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ. Some of you here are like, hang on, I, I place my faith and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord. I know that I'm saved. If I died right now, I know I'd go to heaven. Yet I still don't have peace, why not? And he says there's a part of not only receiving the peace, but he calls us to, to actively look to Jesus as the source of our peace. Here he says that it's attached to our prayerfulness in the midst of, of what's going on. And so don't worry, but instead of worry, replacing worry with faith and trust in God in the moment. Lord, right now, I want to be worried. I wanna be worried. Lord, right now, I wanna be scared. Lord, right now, I, 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 I just don't know how this thing is gonna turn out. But Lord, instead, I'm just gonna trust in you. You are faithful. You are good. Do you know how many times a day that should be coming through our head? Every time I get ready to tell somebody about Jesus, every single time my hands start to sweat. Hey, just to throw this out there, if I gave you a fist bump or a hand raise, am I like, hands are sweaty? I don't have a problem or anything. I just, man, I, when you, anybody else, you're getting ready, like here, your heart starts pounding. The Lord's telling you, like, it's time to talk to him. Softball game is over and all these men cut up and Lord's like, don't you just pray up out of here. You better tell those men Jesus is the way of truth. I'm like, oh Lord, here we go, boy. And my hands, I start doing this number right here. Here it goes. Stacy knows now. It's like, she'll see me like, oh, his hands are going. Something about to happen. And here we go. And I'm nervous and fear and anxiety wants to come in. I gotta say, no, Lord, your word will never return void. You died so that I could have this opportunity. This is the freedom that I have as an American that I get to openly speak it. I better take advantage of it. I'm like giving myself a pep talk. Y'all outside, I'm like sitting here like this. You think I'm just sitting there like in a line getting ready to go. Inside, I'm like, oh boy, woo, here we go. That's what's happening on the inside. And then they turn around and I'm like, game time, baby. And now we're talking. And there's this anxiety that's, that's pulling in. You know what, some of you right now, internally, you're at church or you're watching online, but on the inside, you're tore out the, you're just, you're just tore out the frame. You're looking at what's going on in the world and it's overcoming you. Matter of fact, some of you, when it comes to church, you're like, man, pastor, COVID is happening. Like, I mean, the world is on pause, yet as a church, you're like, let's go all in. Let's go multi-site. And you're like, multi-site, that sounds crazy. Why would we go all in right now? And fear begins to come in, and anxiety begins to come in, and worry begins to come in. And then the worst possible case scenario comes into your head, and you start thinking that about church. 
And God is saying, hey, listen to me. There are people dying and going to hell. Get all in for the sake of the gospel. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with multi-side or not, but it does mean we can't delay living on mission for God. We don't just put that off until like our fear goes down or our fear resides. Because here's the deal, you ready? Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the trusting the peace of God over our fear in those moments. So we're, you're, there's fear, there's worry, there's anxiety. And Romans 15, 13 says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Listen, as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, the world is looking for hope. Hope exists in our hearts because we have found the peace of God. It's found in Jesus. So when we think about who and what God has called us to do, we have to look to Jesus to be our peace. You know, churches, we think about and, and we get ready to kind of end our time out. I want you to know that, that peace, it is ultimately found in Jesus Christ. And, and then we have to receive that peace. But then we also have to look to Jesus for it. It's not gonna be found in all the sources that the world has says that there's peace. But what I am here to tell you today is there is a peace found in Christ that passes all understanding. And it is good. And he is holy. And he is loving. And he is caring. And he wants to pour that out on you and I. So we've gotta trust him. So what is there in your life today that is stealing your peace? It's breaking your wholeness. Man, yeah, I, don't, I don't trust this or I doubt this or I'm worried about this or I'm scared about this. All of that stuff falls at the feet of Jesus. And we say, Lord, you gotta take this. Lord, you promised peace. Lord, I'm not in peace. I want peace from you. Today, our world needs peace. Today, we need peace. That peace is only found in him. So let's run to Jesus. Let's run to him. Let's look to him. Let's talk to him. Let's fall at his feet. And let's watch what Jesus will do as we seek him. I, I wanna close our time. Our praise team is about to come. And matter of fact, I, I wanna ask if you'll just go ahead and stand with me. And, and I wanna close our time today out. Uh, I do this often. Uh, I, I think we should pray scripture. And I wanna pray today and end our, our sermon time praying a verse from God's word. It comes from Numbers chapter six. And in this, in this passage, God is instructing them to, to pray this prayer over the Levites. Matter of fact, this is what he says. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them. So here's all the Israelites. He says, I want you to pray this prayer. So we're gonna end our service praying this. Will you bow and pray with me? Lord, you told Aaron and his sons that they should bless the Israelites in this way. So today, Lord, we come to you and Lord, I, I wanna pray this over our church and the church. Lord, we pray, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites and I will bless them. Lord Jesus, we know that, that peace is found in you. And, and so as we pray over your church today, I pray that that perfect peace would be found in us so that the nations would know 
that it is the name of Jesus that has produced this in the church. And they would look to you. Let the name of Jesus be over the household of God. Jesus, would you produce a peace in us in a day where it seems like the world is losing their collective minds? Would we rest in a perfect peace that's found in you? For you are good. You are our good, good Father. Now, Lord, let us trust in that. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, our pastors are gonna come down and we're gonna have a time of response. Maybe you're here today and you just wanna come and pray. Our altar's open, come and pray. Maybe you just wanna pray for our nation or maybe you're here today and the Lord has said, you know, for you to have peace, it's time for you to give your life to Jesus as Savior and Lord. We'd love to talk to you about how you can do that, how you can follow Christ. We're gonna sing together. Our altar's open. Let's come.